With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. It is an actual live edition of Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. My goodness, I have missed all your beautiful faces. At least I imagine you all having beautiful faces as I sit here in the 630 Chad control room. We will have some fun tonight. A lot to talk about. Your Edmonton Oilers getting close. End of the week, maybe. Maybe early next week. We shall see. Hiring a new head coach and obviously Dave Tippett, the front runner for that job. We're going to have a lot on Dave Tippett tonight. Uh, Tyson Nash, who uh, has covered the Arizona Coyotes for several seasons while Tippett was the coach there, will weigh in with his his thoughts. So I look forward to bringing that to you as well. We have some ticket giveaways as we uh, go along tonight. And we're going to catch up with Jordan Baker, one of the all-time greats as a U of A Golden Bear basketball player, now a member of the Edmonton Stingers, who are back home for a season. DEBL game on the weekend. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email inside sports at 630chad.com. So, Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett. Eight seasons with the Arizona Coyotes. He won 282 games, spent six seasons with the Dallas Stars, won 271 games, 553 wins, that is 22nd all-time. Generally known for doing a lot with a little in Arizona. Not a lot of star power on those Coyotes teams. I mean, sure, they had some good players. Obviously, Shane Doan leading the way, Ekman Larson, but uh, not a a lot of high-octane type players on those teams. Uh, They still did, you know, pretty well. We're certainly a thorn in the side of the Edmonton Oilers for a lot of seasons. Remember they had that extended point streak against the Oilers that uh, lasted four or five years. Uh, Maybe known for being more of uh, a defensive style coach, but most coaches are going to emphasize the defensive side of the game. And, you know, in hockey, you play good defense, you get the puck. And the Oilers obviously have some players that you wish would probably have the puck a little bit more. But a few things to get to. Tyson Nash is coming up after 6.30. But I just want to start with a quick soundbite from Oilers now. Earlier today, Sportsnet's uh, John Shannon telling Bob that uh, Tippett, the front runner, yeah, sounds like it. 
You know, from everyone I've talked to and 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 all the stories, it sounds like uh, yes, he is the the uh, number one candidate at this point. Uh, you know, Kenny has put a lot of emphasis on NHL experience. Uh, Scott Gordon is on the list, the guy who took over for the Flyers. John Stevens, the former Flyers and Kings coach, uh, is uh, on that list as well. Todd Richards, uh, I was led to believe, was on uh, the list at some point who uh, has been working the last couple of years in Tampa after being a head coach in Minnesota and in Columbus. Lane Lambert? Lane Lambert's on the list, uh, as, as I understand it. Uh, the, the the one name that uh, doesn't have NHL experience that is on the list uh, that has impressed a lot of people, not just in Edmonton, but in a few other cities like Ottawa, is DJ Smith, who's the assistant coach with uh, uh, Mike Babcock uh, here in Toronto. All right, so some other names, uh, John Shannon throwing out there, but uh, you know it's it's a lot of reports that Dave Tippett and Ken Holland will will talk probably within the next couple of days. Maybe something could happen quickly. Maybe it goes in the next week. Maybe Tippett decides I'm not so sure about Edmonton, and Ken Holland has to keep looking. I, I know Todd Nell. I get I asked a lot about Todd Nelson. I'm not the first person to report this, but I can totally tell you, uh, Todd Nelson has uh, not spoken with the Edmonton Oilers about the head coaching job, nor does he expect to at this point. I know Nelson, a very uh, popular figure during his brief tenure behind the bench, uh, replacing Dallas Aikens as the interim head coach, but uh, Todd Nelson, not at all in the mix to be the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. So anyway, uh, story number one now to follow for Edmonton. Of course, of course, it was two weeks ago yesterday. Ken Holland took over as general manager of the Oilers and president of hockey operations. Uh, I was on holidays that day. was able to come on this show with Brendan Escott, who was filling in, uh, following it from afar, and uh, listening to everything with great interest. And one thing, st- comment from Holland stuck out to me, and, and I, and I want to get to that. But I, I, I want to get into something else first. There, there is a word that has been used a lot in sports and in hockey. And I want to say probably over the last decade or so, maybe a little longer than that, when I when I was younger, even when my career started 19 years ago in Lloydminster, I don't remember this word being used a lot in sports. And now it's it's become... I think overused and, and overused to the point that a lot of a lot of people, fans, media, whoever throw it out there and it's just sort of almost become a filler word where it's it's a, it's a crutch word. You, you, you say it and you, you might sound like you're saying something clever or that has meaning, but it's sort of lost its meaning because it's become overused and it's a C word and it's culture. And and look, uh, the Oilers ain't been no good for a long time, and I get it. And I know from doing the call-in show with Rob after games for the last six seasons and hosting Inside Sports, and so talking to a lot of people on the airwaves, talking to a lot of people when I'm out at Studio 99 or wherever, you know, people will say, well, the Oilers have a losing culture. And oftentimes I'll say to people, okay, well, how so? And the reply I'll get is, well, they lose a lot. Okay, and that and that's that's right there. That's what bugs me, <laughs> because losing a lot and having a losing culture to me are the same thing. The one isn't the cause of the other. There are a lot of things that happen 
to make you lose. And I, I don't even know if losing culture is the right word. That they, you know, they have a bad culture. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't have a strong culture. They don't have the right type of culture. Or maybe they don't have a culture conducive to winning. Because I think you could have a positive, strong culture within a sports organization and, and maybe not be an upper echelon team. And, and there might even be some teams that have good years that, you know, if you, if you hung around the team a lot, you might say, you know what, they don't have a very good culture. This isn't a, this isn't a great environment. This isn't a positive environment. This isn't an environment that fosters, uh, uh, you know, healthy relationships and bringing people along. But maybe, maybe they still win a little bit, but, it, but it's not a great culture. The dictionary definition, and I, and I love looking up in the dictionary when I'm trying to clarify my thoughts on something. The, the culture is the attitudes and behavior characteristic of a particular social group. In this case, a sports team. In this case, the Edmonton Oilers. So they have a losing culture. But it's not simply because they lose a lot. What has happened? They have employed people who weren't competent at their jobs. Uh, and in many cases, they have kept those people as employees beyond it becoming pretty apparent that they weren't very competent at their jobs. They have given opportunities to people before those people have been qualified to perform those jobs. There, there are some key things that have hurt the Oilers over the years. So those are some of the things that have created their culture that have led to the Oilers losing a lot of games. So, of course, when Ken Holland was hired, he was asked about culture and what he wants to foster and what he believes goes into it. And, and I want to play this clip. And I find I listened to it the day he was hired. Uh, I, I, when I got back to Edmonton after my trip, I listened to the whole thing again. You know, I cut this out today and I, I listened to it a couple of times. And it's really interesting to me because it's a very detailed answer. And it's, it's, a, it's not a soundbite. It's a bit of a longer answer about how he gets into culture and all the things that go into it and all the things that he wants to create that are positive and responsible and create accountability and hopefully create confidence and create roles for people and players within the organization. To me, that's what makes it all up. And here's how he talked about culture. Ultimately, winning winning is going to make everything good now how do you how do you start to how do you start to win it's about people what's culture to me culture is people culture is the people that you bring in on the ice and off the ice and they care about the logo they care about the logo and one of the things that i tried to sell as the general manager as the detroit red wings was you know the, you, you earn the jersey whether you're a young player you got to earn the jersey you just don't get to put the jersey on because you're a high draft pick or you got you, you got to earn the jersey and you got to go to work every day and you got to respect that jersey and you got to play hard and the red wings didn't we didn't have a very good year this year but i think we were involved like almost 51 goal games we lost a lot of games close the team played hard um, the young kids were starting to take over the team and i think we were heading in the right direction and guys like nick cronwell and some of those veteran players have been a real positive impact on those young players. They don't know it, but they're going to find out five, six years from now when they start to re reflect back on the people that had an impact on their career. So it's finding some veterans, it's having those veteran players. You have young players. You've got to challenge those young players. You've got to you give the young players an opportunity, but, but the, the coach has to make them accountable. It has to be an accountab 
accountability um, in the locker room and, and on, on the front ice, front office. And I guess at the end of the day, what's a culture? You got to work. It's a work ethic. It's a compete every day. The league is so hard to win. You got to compete. Your scouts got to compete. Your managers got to compete. Your coaches have got to compete. You're, you're competing with 31 other organizations that are the best in the world, and you got to grind. You grind. You grind. And I guess that's who I am. And I love to play golf. And I love to grind. I like to get up and down. I don't want to hit on the green. I like to get up and down. You know what I mean? Get up and down from a bunker. I like it when life is tough. Life is tough. You got to grind. You got to dig in. So culture is about finding when, when life is tough. Right now, think times are tough. The, the, the team has made the playoffs once in 13 years. And Daryl and Bob have made a decision to bring me in. I've got to come in and... I've got to change the culture, and I believe they've given me complete authority. I've got to provide stability. I've got to find the right people. Some of them are in this organization. I, maybe I got to go outside and find and, and bring some people outside the organization. That's what I, the process that I got to go through here over the next period of time, and that's ongoing. So um, that's what my experience in Detroit. And then, and then, obviously, it's great players. Great players. You know, I get the pleasure to work with Iserman and Lidstrom and 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 uh, Zetterberg and Datsuk. They were great players, and they really cared. They really cared. And I saw that when Scotty Bowman came in, and how Steve Iserman decided that that, that, that determined he was going to less points and block more shots and win more more win more draws. But the, the young players don't know that. They 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 want to come in and they want to do what they've, they've they've always done. So there's a process with 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 young players, and that's why you need veteran veteran. You I'd like to think that's what I'm going to bring here as a veteran manager. I'm going to hire a coach that, that I believe is also going to, is going to bring that. Find the right mix. Find the right mix of, uh, of players to support the core. And we got to create some excitement. we got to get the fans to believe. we got to get the fans to believe that I'm the right guy, that I can put a, pan in, a, a, a plan in place um, to get them excited. And that's what we did in Detroit. That's what Jim Devolano did in Detroit in the, uh, when the Illiches uh, hired him in 1983. And by the late 80s, early 90s, we had, her, we had her going. And we had drafted good. We had young players going. And once you get it going, once you get it going, now you, now you got her going. Now you got her going. So there's lots of pieces here. It's up to me to add to that to those pieces to try to figure out the right chemistry to figure out to, to, how to support those some of those key pieces that are here um, through the decisions that we make on players on the ice but also the decisions that i make in 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 the, in the staff I just find that really interesting to listen to. And as I mentioned, I've listened to it several times over the last couple of weeks, including today. Culture is people. you got to earn the jersey. You have to grind. And you need people with experience to support the core of your team. Those are the four bullet points I take out of that from Ken Holland. And as we often say in the summer, easier said than done especially given the situation that the Oilers have been in. And uh, my buddy Rob Brown talks a little bit about belief. And Holland extended it there. we got to get the fans to believe. But why don't the fans believe? Well, because the team hasn't been good enough. And why don't the players believe deep down year after year? Because they've been in games going to the third period, down a goal or tied, and they lose most of those games. 
Now, it's not all belief. It's not all culture. you got to have the talent. And Holland said it there, too. You need the great players. He had Lindstrom and Iserman. That's pretty darn helpful to building a team, building a good culture. But I, I just think that's as good a summary as I have heard with someone actually in the game giving some thoughts on culture. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And actually summarizing it and putting some meat on the bone instead of just throwing it out there as an empty buzzword. 780-496-0063 is the phone number if you'd like to talk. You can text 630-630. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, we have a real live football game on the radio Sunday afternoon. 12.30 countdown to kickoff game at 2. Preseason action, Edmonton Eskimos against the BC Lions. This is... The game that's going to have about 150 players in it <laughs> with, uh, with the, for the first preseason game is, uh, I always find, a little tough to watch. You see a lot of guys, you tend to see a lot of penalties, few more mistakes than usual, which sometimes can lead to excitement. But that will be Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium on uh, Sunday. Of course, we have every Eskimos game for you throughout the season right here on 630 Chet. Second period at the Memorial Cup, 11 minutes left. Halifax, Ruen, Naranda are tied 2-2. Man, PA going 0-3 at the Memorial Cup. Another uh, tough year for the Western Hockey League champions at that tournament. Some uh, text to 630-630. Uh, this individual, earlier I gave out uh, Dave Tippett's uh, wins total as an NHL head coach. He has 553, which is second all-time. This texter says number of wins doesn't mean much without knowing how many games he has lost as well. Well, I can give you that. Tippett's career NHL coaching record, 553 wins, 413 losses, and 148 ties or overtime losses. He would have been uh, coaching when they still had actual ties. Uh, So in terms of actual wins, he has won just a little under half his games. His points percentage is obviously well over 500. His wins, per, his winning percentage, 496. 553 wins out of 1,114 games. James texting in. He says, hello, Reed. Here we go. 49 years later, Boston and St. Louis in the Stanley Cup final. Don't expect Char to score the winning goal in overtime, a la Bobby Orr at six foot nine, 270 pounds. He could never get that high off the ice. Uh, probably a good point. Uh, this texture says, Culture in hockey is when good young players come into a situation when the team is already established. They're established their style of play and their work ethic, what's expected for being in shape. Look at the Bruins, the Sharks. Everybody knows who the leaders are. Everybody on the team has respect for the leaders. 
the new players to the team have to play the team's style or they don't stay there long. That's good culture. Keeping a coach longer than the Oilers done and having established set lines is what the Oilers need to focus on be having, uh, before having a good true culture. Well, and I think that comes back to what Colin said about having people, hiring the right people, hiring competent people, putting them in a position where they can use their skill set to an advantage and not something where they might be lacking in that skill set, whether it's on or off the ice. As for the set lines, I would not expect that from any coach. All coaches shuffle their lines, and Dave Tippett or whoever it is will do that here, I'm sure. You can continue to text 63630. What about Dave Tippett? Tyson Nash covered many of Tippett's Coyotes teams in Arizona, and he also used to play for the St. Louis Blues. In fact, the Blues, a great story this year. Well, Tyson Nash lived through one of the Blues' biggest playoff disappointments. You'll have that story when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. Right, the Oilers have signed goalie Olivier Rodrigue to a three-year entry-level contract, 18 years old, just completed his third season in the queue with Drummondville, 48 games, 35-12, and 12, with a 9.02 save percentage, 2.43 goals against average. Of course, he is the son of Oilers goaltending consultant Sylvain Rodrigue, drafted last year in Dallas, second round, 62nd overall. Olivier Rodrigue, goaltender, signs his entry-level contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, two teams from the QMJHL playing tonight at the Memorial Cup. Six minutes left in the second period. It is 2-2, Halifax and Rouen Noranda. The Blue Jays in action tonight into the sixth inning now at home to Boston. The Red Sox lead that game 2-1. Uh, Raptors getting back at it uh, tomorrow for game five of their series against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Stanley Cup final starts Sunday, St. Louis at Boston. And we'll have it for you right here on 6.30. Chad, 6 o'clock for the start of that game. Kelly Rudy's going to check in for some thoughts on the Stanley Cup final on the show uh, tomorrow. And we uh, should be connecting with Colton Pareko, Blues defenseman, before the end of the week. That'll be uh, great to talk to him. Right now, oh, let's do this, Kellen. How have you been, by the way, buddy? It's good to see you. Doing great. How about yourself? I am uh, doing okay. Did you have any wrestling trips while I was gone? No. No, just went out to Sylvan Lake last weekend with some friends and hung out. And well, there could, is there a Sylvan Lake Wrestling Alliance? <laughs> the uh, SLWA? <laughs> they actually be the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, the SLAW. The SLAW. There we go. Somebody should start that. There has to be some promoter that can start that. Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. They would but, wrestle on weekends for all the people going out to camp and going to their cabins. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You've thrown it out you, there. You, yeah. you seem underwhelmed by the idea. The main event could be a Sunbreaker Cove death match. But think about know. that. Some day, some some guy, you know, uh, you know, Barstool Benny would be his wrestling name. That's going to be our our wrestler that we're going to sponsor on Inside Sports. Barstool Benny one day makes the WWE, wins the belt, and somebody says, uh, "Benny, where'd you get your start?" I started in the Slaw, Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. I've never seen Kellen Kennedy look so disgusted at something I've suggested. <laughs> so I've, I've just I've just thought it might be a good idea. Just trying to be entrepreneurs here. No? 
Yeah, I got a text here to 6.30, Slaw, I'm on it. That could be the slogan. Slaw. You're I'm on, on it. it. <laughs> Get on the slaw. This is not slaw. This is UFC. UFC 240 coming to Rogers Place on July 27th. UFC featherweight Max Holloway meets former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar for the main event. Now, tickets are going to go on sale May 31st. That's next Friday. But 630 Chet has a pair to give away right now. If you live within two hours of Sylvan Lake, you're eligible to win. <laughs> Caller number 3, 780-496-0063. UFC 240 on July 27th. We have a pair of tickets to give away. Oh, we may find some further tickets to uh, give away later in the week as well. The name of the person that founds the slaw should be Cole, LOL, from Richard. I agree. That's the general manager. The general manager would be Cole. Cole. <laughs> and he'd, he'd run the slaw, the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. I, I think we're on to something here, Kellen. I mean, we do some of our best work when we're just making it up as we go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Dave Tippett, could he be the coach of the Edmonton Oilers? The St. Louis Blues. Could they finally win the Stanley Cup? For some thoughts on that from the Arizona Coyotes broadcast booth, our good buddy Tyson Nash. Tyson, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you again. Uh, obviously, uh, the team you cover, not in the playoffs, but you're still busy, eh, doing some broadcasting throughout the postseason? Yeah, still spreading the love around, trying to stay relative. I just got back a few days ago from uh, the NHL Network, doing uh, doing some playoffs there. So always fun to talk about playoff hockey. This is what we uh, we all do it for. This is why we grind. This is why we take all those airplanes. And uh, yeah, we're not playing anymore, but uh, the body still suffers. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's fun hockey. Uh, we've all been spoiled as hockey fans. Well, it's been pretty thrilling, pretty unpredictable, and uh, the St. Louis Blues have been quite a story, and, and you played in St. Louis for a, for a large chunk of your career, so you see all those fans going crazy, the, the building full, the Blues making headlines in that city. Uh, look, I, I, know, uh, I, know, I know as a member of the media, you, you, you don't want to cheer or anything, but you must, you must have a soft spot for the Blues and think it's pretty cool what you're seeing happen there. Well, without a doubt. I mean, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, you know, they got close to the dance, didn't make it. So the next best thing for me is uh, is the St. Louis Blues. And uh, that story, you're, you're right, the best story in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, dead last in early January to, um, to absolutely dominating and now uh, fighting for uh, for a Stanley Cup in the finals against the Boston Bruins. The city deserves it. Uh, I think I heard last night uh, on TV it's been 49 years. Um, so... Uh, they, there's been a that's a beyond a dry spell, um, so I know what those fans are like. They're absolutely crazy. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm actually you know, I just told my wife today that uh, if there was a game six, I am on a plane and out of here, and I will be a part of the Blues alumni cheering the boys on. I want to hear that Gloria song one more time. I mean, it's, when that thing goes off, they played it last night when the trophy came out with Bill Daly, and I was crying like a baby on the couch. It was it's just awesome what's going on. 
Yeah, that, they, they've certainly given that song a new life, that's for sure. G- give me a sense of your memories of playing in that market. Obviously, the, the Cardinals have a, a proud history there and are, are one of the most successful major league teams of all time. Uh, when you would have been there around the turn of the century, the Rams were really good with Kurt Warner. No NBA team for the Blues to go up against, but of course, college, NCAA sports, a, a lot bigger in, in the U.S. Than, the, than they are in Canada. So what, what was it like being a Blue... Uh, maybe you know fighting for for the attention there in, a, in, a, in an American market against other major league sports. Well, I didn't know uh, as as a kid a whole lot about the Blues, a whole lot about St. Louis when uh, when I first got there for my first game, uh, which is uh, you know seems like a hundred years ago. Uh, but it really reminded me a lot of when I started to play there and see the fan interaction uh, of a city like Edmonton, how diehard they were about their team. They lived and breathed that day of the game. Everybody's wheeling around uh, with jerseys on, uh, ready to, to go crazy that night at the game. So uh, very similar in, in that regard. Uh, and, and again, it, for me, they're very blue-collar. They want to see hard work. They want to see guys punch the clock and, and give it their all every night. And if you do that, you'll be – I mean, I was a fan favorite. Believe it or not, I was a fan favorite there when I played there. I had a car. I couldn't, I couldn't go out and pay for uh, a drink. I mean, I had drinks coming over. I, you know, I could do an autograph signing uh, every week of the year. And, uh, you know, it's just they're special fans. They love their team. Um, And when you play there, there is nothing like it. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I remember you playing there, and you were pretty popular for sure. Probably more with Blues fans and fans of the Blackhawks and uh, <laughs> Stars and all those other teams. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I got to ask you, though, because we can go back to the 2000 season when people thought the Blues were going to win the Stanley Cup for the first time and, and make the final for the first time since the, uh, the original 12 days, if you want to call it that. 114 points in 99-2000 and upset in seven games by the San Jose Sharks in the first round. Uh, I mean, you, you lived that, man. That must have been such a gut punch at the time. Oh, it was it was gross. I mean, you win the President's Trophy, and I'm telling you, just the feeling that we had, and I had had it because I had won before. I don't care where you win, whether it's you know midget, junior, or whatever. When you know what it feels like to win, and and the role that you're on, and we were on that role that year. I mean, we'd be down four to one, and you'd still be looking around, and the boys would be like, "All right, boys, time to turn it up. Let's go." And sure enough, it would be Pierre Turgeon, it would be Al McKinnis, it would be Chris Pronger, I mean, Keith Kachuk, Doug Wade, Pavel Dimitra. I mean, the list went on. I mean, and we had skill and we had grit. I mean, we had Keith Kachuk for Pete's sake. We had Dallas Drake. We had Scott Mellenby. I mean, it, it was endless, the guys that we had. And, and, you know, to lose in the first round was absolutely, it was gross. I mean, and I look at the team now that's going to the Stanley Cup Finals and you compare it to that team that we had. I mean, it's not even close as far as talent goes and toughness. But for whatever reason, it's all coming together right now for uh, for the Blues, the coaching, Craig Berube, what he's done with that group, uh, the leadership, the timely scoring. Uh, and right now, their, their top guys are starting to get hot, which is really scary.
Tyson Nash joining us on Inside Sports, former St. Louis Blue, former member of the Coyotes, and now a broadcaster with the Coyotes. So that's a good transition into the uh, the topic that's uh, hot in Edmonton right now. Dave Tippett, rumored to be the next Oilers head coach. We could find that out uh, pretty soon. We'll see how that goes. But you covered those uh, Coyotes teams. Uh, obviously, you would have got to know Dave. I, I mean, I think there was always the impression, Tyson, but I, I want to let you kind of give a true or false to this with some explanation. But I think always the impression that he got a lot out of teams that maybe weren't heavy on on high end talent. That's that's one thing people will say about Dave Tippett. What do you say in that regard? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've watched this guy work. First of all, he's one of the nicest human beings on the planet. I mean, this guy is just all class. Uh, I mean, he was really you know one of the, the first coaches that I saw that started to really put in the time. I mean, every time you walk by him on the plane, it's the middle of the night and he's got his computer cracked open and he's going over video. He's marking stuff down. It never ended. It, it really didn't. And, uh, you know, that's when I think things really started to evolve for assistant coaches and head coaches where no stone was unturned. I mean, you, you typically, I mean, when I first came in the league, it's like they'd hardly look at video. I mean, it was VHS. I mean, you just didn't have that at your, your fingertips. And uh, Dave Tippett is, is a guy you said I mean, he squeezed everything he could uh, and more out of this Coyotes team. They were in bankruptcy all those years. Um, so it does not surprise me that he's up uh, for that coaching job in Edmonton. I talked to him not too long ago at Shane Doan's retirement. I know he was getting the itch. Uh, I know he's really enjoyed what he's been doing there in Seattle and, and building that franchise from the ground up, literally. Um, but I think when, you, when you're coaching, it, it's in you. It's in his blood, and, uh, and he definitely misses it. And I think he sees an opportunity there in Edmonton. He's like, let me get my hands on that team. And, and he will get the most out of that group. There's no question about it. He'll be great for the foot soldiers. He'll be great for a guy like Lucci, Chikassian, and those guys. Um, you know, I think the big thing with Tip is that he evolves. He learns. He figures things out. And you can't – a lot of coaches are stubborn, and they don't want to – they have their, their way, and, and that's it. And I think Tip has always been a guy that, um, you know, has studied the game and learned how to get the most out of, out of people and personalities. And I think he'd be a real good fit there at Edmonton. You know, maybe the perception that he was a defensive coach or you know, wasn't a coach that would – give his offensive players a lot of latitude to, to go to work. But but again, maybe that's what he had or didn't have on the roster. I mean, is, is that fair to call him a, a defensive-minded coach? I mean, I don't think if he came here, he's all of a sudden going to put the brakes on, on Tricycle or McDavid because that wouldn't be a very good formula. No, and if that was his motto, if he mentioned that, I'm sure in his coach's interview, uh, which I'm sure there's a lot of those going on, he it would end right there. I mean, as soon as those words came out of his mouth, it would end. I mean, Tip is a guy that he got the most out of whatever roster. Um, you know, you look at what he did in Dallas. I mean, he had some some real good years there, and then he came to Arizona, and we didn't have the luxury to spend money. We didn't have superstars, so he he had to play a defensive-minded system. There was no other option. I mean, you can't run and gun with, with a bunch of plugs like we had here in Arizona five years ago. I mean, you have to manage uh, your roster, and that's what Tip uh, is, is remarkable. He, he's going to let Connor McDavid do his thing. Dry sidle, same, same thing. But I think if anyone recognizes, and those guys have to recognize, that you still have to play defense. As much as skill and speed, and you heard DeBoer talk about it the other night after they lost out, and he said, you know, everyone, broadcasters, media, everyone talks about, you know, the new NA 
NHL speed and skill. Well, if you look at the game today, there's not many tic-tac-toe goals with guys flying down the right side, taking it to the net and scoring. It is still dump it in, muck it and grind it in the corner, get it out front, hack and whack, second, third efforts. That's how you win in this league. Maybe works in the regular season, but when you get to playoff time, if you're seriously want to be a contender for the Stanley Cup, you, you need some of those big bodies. You need that grit and you need that tenacious uh, on the puck type attitude and um, again that's what Temple will get the most out of these guys the, the Oilers will will likely because of their cap situation they're going to have to try to find some players who are cheap maybe younger who can play some depth roles on the team how would you describe Tippett's uh, relationship with maybe some of the younger players his his deployment I mean will he shelter them will he throw them out there and give them a chance to make mistakes how, how do you sum that up well, I think that what I love about Dave Tippett is he and players want to play for this guy. They want to go through the wall for him because he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care. Maybe Connor McDavid is different, but he doesn't care if you're a high-paid guy. If you're not playing, you ain't playing that night. So if you're a, a young Tyson Nash coming into the league, I mean, I would have died to play for this guy because you, if you played hard, all he cares about is the end result. He's not out there to make friends. He just wants to win hockey games. And if you're going to go out there and play, you're going to play a lot that night. You're going to get rewarded. And he has a real good feel for the bench and who's going and who's not going. Some coaches that I played for, it didn't matter. Win or lose, the superstars were getting the ice time. They were going to play whether anybody liked it or not. And, and that is not a winning formula. And that's what also I, I loved about Tip is, uh, you know, there's a reward-type system. You're going, you're blocking shots you're paying the price that night you have it you're you're gonna play more minutes that night all right well another big story to follow here in oil country hey tyson i know you're i know you're busy playoffs have been fun to watch thanks for checking in man i hope we talk again soon you bet sounds great all right that is tyson nash broadcaster for the arizona coyotes with uh, a lot of praise for dave tippett who is the the front runner to be the new head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, maybe by the end of the week, maybe that extends into next week. He uh, spoke very highly of how he relates to players and said he doesn't he doesn't play any favorites. Everybody's going to get treated the same. He will uh, limit your ice time no matter who you are if you're not doing well, though obviously Tyson said maybe not McDavid when he was answering that question. And uh, he did say he is adaptable. Now, it has been a couple of years since Dave Tippett coached in the NHL, and... Okay, on one hand, hockey's hockey. On another hand, uh, you can't slow the game down anymore. You got to go. You, I mean, you got to get the puck and you got to go. I'm sure Tippett knows that, but probably some tweaks he would have to make in his approach. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Because of that, you can chime in by texting 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Quick timeout. We're coming right back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in at 654 Fifth Line Center. Texting the show. 
By the way, if you're the if you're the fifth line center, probably very popular with the fans. Just like the backup quarterback's always really popular. Oh, put him in. He could do a better job, but you don't know for sure. But if you're the fifth line center, put that guy into the game. Why doesn't he ever play? I'm old enough to remember when they had the healthy scratches up in the free hundreds at the old Coliseum back in the day, sitting with the fans. Fifth line center says, sounds like Tyson Nash already knows 100% that Tippett will be the Oilers head coach. Glowing review too. Fifth line center, we shall see. Love your handle. The Fizzler. My goodness, what a treat. First day back at work and I get a text from the Fizzler. He says, maybe Mac T took that job in Russia too early. He could have been a hype man in the slaw. Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. We just created it tonight. Well, Fizzler, with Mac T employed, perhaps you could be the hype man. First thing... First note for myself, learn the definition of hype man. Is that like the manager? Yeah. It's 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 just a fancy new age term for manager, pretty much. So is the hype man associated with one wrestler? Uh no, it's something they stole from boxing. Think of it more like uh like you know, a promoter? who was the hype man for Tyson all those years? Don King, right? Well he was the promoter. Well the promoter, yeah. But you know, the the one guy in the camp that's always, yo, this guy can beat this guy on any given day, right? So did you see this story from the world of James Bond? I follow uh, James Bond stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in James Bond. Report that an intimacy coordinator has been hired for the sex scenes in the James Bond film currently being filmed. <laughs> you're tittering, Kellen. I can see you <laughs> tittering. They have, uh, they have hired an intimacy coordinator to ensure that actors feel comfortable during sex scenes. Quote here from someone on set, uh, producer Barbara Broccoli and her team are going all out to bring Bond up to speed. They're going to extra lengths to make sure the stars are getting the support they need on set, including during some of the more risque sex scenes. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, Jerry, I heard you worked on that new Bond film. What'd you do? Well, I was the intimacy coordinator. But how do you, how do you get that job? How do you apply for that job? So, sir, what qualifies you to be an intimacy coordinator? Well, it's a long story. Back with the latest from Eskimos Camp. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.